to Ghoulish Tendencies. I'm Gabby. And I'm Kim. And we are two paranormal investigators who delve into the depths of the famous and not-so-famous cases of Moira, ghosts, legends, and lore. And a healthy dose of your favorite, debunking. Debunking is my favorite. Honestly, it's what keeps me going. It's what <laughs> motivates me to choose topics. <laughs> How can we debunk this topic? Because the people need the debunking. The people demand the debunking. Speaking of debunking, we had a really good debunking last couple of episodes, I feel like. This one is a little different. We decided to go down a, a bit of a new topic path for this one. We haven't covered something like this before. Um, it does have to do with hauntings, so we're bringing it back to the hauntings, which is pretty cool. But specifically today, we're going to talk about dolls. Some people love them. Some people hate them. Some people don't really care our unfazed they don't really you know a doll's a doll whatever but it's easy to sure. remain unfazed by a doll you know it's just some kind of like unanimated usually uh replica of a tiny person with the intention of to like you know keep a kid company companion for play comfort or just something to be admired on a shelf I myself loved dolls growing up I collected Madame Alexander dolls when I was little and they are creepy AF now, I will tell you that. <laughs> I had a ton of them, and they would sit propped up on a shelf. But, like staring at you while you slept? Yeah, and like they're, okay, they're the weird. kind that have those like glossy eyes with the empty stare. And like... I mean, like my ex-husband. You know, some men, dolls, men, eh? hard to tell. <laughs> but what makes a doll creepy? Is it those glassy eyes? Or did it move? I feel like that's the creepiest thing is when you see a doll in a position and then it's in a different position and you're like, how, how, I think mine is still the, I, you said about the dead eyes. Like it makes me think of some of the early, uh, it was like Polar Express. Mm -hmm. That movie is so messed up to me because <laughs> the cold dead eyes of Tom Hanks is the conductor <laughs> and like. You can't mimic that. That's it's just you're you're watching these movements being like, yeah, that's what humans do, but those eyes, man, those eyes Doll devoid eyes. of of all soul and life. So I, I think it's I think that is where, at least for me, dolls can get creepy is that mimicking of life, but not uh, but you 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 can't replicate life in in an eye, in a face. It's just there's something empty. Yeah, and that's what makes it extra creepy when things start to happen, right? Because it's like, that thing's not supposed to be living. But then you also have your psyche, the human psyche, right? We talk about this in previous episodes that, you know, your psyche can play tricks with your mind. You can think you saw something. There is something implied when, you know, you see the shadow of a hat on a coat hanger with a coat and you think it's a person. It's like that whole concept of thinking you saw something. But like we scully things, you and I, Kim mm. and myself, scully things far often. And uh, sure. we, we know this life of uh, 
the psyche very well. But what happens when it's not your mind? What happens when something is actually happening? When a child is talking to their doll, not many people think twice about it, right? It's normal. Kids want to make a friend. It's also not that unusual for a young child to have an imaginary friend or two. Hashtag Drop Dead Fred, favorite movie growing up. That movie is messed up, but it was my favorite movie as a child. But like, it's not unusual, right? A mischievous little friend to take the blame for something minor, right? Blame it on the imaginary friend. In fact, you know, most parents would claim that a kid with a good imagination is a good thing. Kim, you work with kids all the time. Sure. That imagination is a wonderful thing, right? We love imagination. Hell yeah. But the chaos that ensues from that quote-unquote imaginary friend is usually just the kid just wanting attention, right? Like, (laughs) sometimes. Um, What do you think? I mean, actually, no. I mean, imaginary friends serve a a very real purpose. I I don't know that I've ever because I've I've had kids with imaginary friends in class before, and I mean usually on the younger side. Sure. Um, and it's uh, I mean like if you look at the psychology of it, sometimes it's a way of of diverting. Like if you do something wrong, yep, and it's a way to put blame on something else. Like no no no, my my imaginary friend broke the vase. <laughs> my imaginary friend told me to do that. Um. But I, 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 don't, I don't think it's ever a cause for alarm. I mean, like, if a 14-year-old's talking to an imaginary friend, yeah, that's a little different. I, mean, I might be a little bit more nervous about that. <laughs> sure. I, I'm not going to disagree on that one. Uh, but I will tell you that a lot of ghost stories that we've heard of the past have led us to believe that oftentimes imaginary friends might not just be an imaginary friend, you know what I mean? Like, it might be a spirit that was left behind, maybe that only the kid can see. You talk about sure. how kids can are a little bit more sensitive to the paranormal than, you know, full-blown jaded adults. But at the same time, you know, you never know what that spirit's going to be. Is it going to be nice? Is it going to be docile? Is it going to be maybe not so friendly? We don't know. So what happens when the child starts to be tormented by this imaginary friend to the point that they can't sleep through the night without the friend waking them up to play? What happens when the play becomes rough and now the kid is terrified? What happens when this imaginary friend lives inside the body of a child-sized doll? This brings us to a particularly deviant doll with the name of Robert, who was allegedly cursed and brought more than just bad luck to those who encountered him. Lots of legends associated with this one. Uh, (laughs) You know how I feel about legends. I mean, I'll just say it right now. This is where we insert our lovely, lovely disclaimer that this story is, are you ready for it? A legend <laughs> and a legend. Hey, but it's based on lore. It's based on the art of storytelling over the decades, which means, hey, you guessed it. The tellings of this story sometimes conflict and are, you know, filled with the huge bias opinions and honestly, moments of racial injustice, which we'll talk about in a bit. So I'm going to lay it all out for you. Y'all tell us what you think after you listen to this episode. 
But the legends claim that Robert the Doll moved voodoo figurines around a room and was, quote, aware of what went on around him, that his young owner triggered the doll's supernatural powers by blaming his childhood mishaps on him, just like we talked about earlier. And according to local folklore, the doll has caused car accidents, broken bones, job loss, divorce, and a cornucopia of other misfortunes. And a museum visitor's experience of post-visit misfortunes for failing to respect him happen far too often. So let us go back. That's a bit of a summary of his situation. But let's go back to the beginning. Turn of the century, early 1900s, Florida. You know how I feel about Florida. Florida. But no offense to any of our listeners who live in Florida. We're talking about Key West, Florida, specifically 534 Eaton Street in Key West, Florida. We're going to talk about the Otto family. They were pretty prominent, well off. They lived in a newly built colonial Queen Anne style home, and they had a young son named Robert Eugene Otto. We're going to call him Robert Eugene for now, and then we're going to just call him Eugene, and I'll tell you why. Some sources say that the Ottos were not nice people, that they mistreated their servants, and truly their servants were unhappy all the time. To be honest, I could not find any actual, like, verification of that anywhere. Sure. TBH, I couldn't find a lot of verification on a lot of these things. So this is a very legend and lore heavy episode. Throwing it out there. All right. So this is where there's some differences on how Robert the Doll came to the home of Robert Eugene Otto and became his best friend. So some people, uh, probably not so reliably, say that the doll was given to Robert Some say at age four, some say at age six, somewhere between age four and six, by a Bahamian servant who put a curse on the doll as revenge to the Otto family for poor treatment. Uh, I don't know how much I believe that. I think that's just racism written into culture, but that's just me. (laughs) These stories accuse this specific servant of practicing voodoo and black magic. Some saying that she was actually grieving the loss of her own child when she gave the doll to Robert Eugene. And this story says that the doll was made of a wire frame stuffed with hay, old clothing, and even some of Robert Eugene's hair. Mm. That's creepy. I'm not going to lie. Like, you want to put hair inside a doll? That's like Mr. Creepy. It's legitimately Mr. Creepy. Who's Mr. Creepy? Well, so uh, we have a doll at Spook in Seattle that uh, Ross Allison, my boss, has acquired, and we call him Mr. Creepy. And the story behind Mr. Creepy is that it is a ventriloquist doll. And if you look at pictures, we have them on the Spooked in Seattle website, but uh, it, was, it was made with the ventriloquist's actual hair. That's so creepy. <laughs> and, like, it, it's it just... The look of it is just very disturbing. He actually vaguely looks like an old professor I have, too. Oh, my God, which, really? <laughs> yeah. So for me, there's an added layer to it because it reminds me of this professor I had. Actually, my my old professor who it reminds me of was not creepy in the least. He was a lovely, lovely man. But um, Mr. The, the visual, 
It was just the visual of it just messes with me. And the fact that it is the actual hair is something that's hard to get past. And I'm not usually someone who is who finds dolls off-putting. But Mr. Creepy does get to me sometimes when I'm alone at Spooked and like I'd be walking around and everyone's left and you're like, his eyes are following me. Oh my god, those dead eyes. The dead, dead eyes, eyes are but following you. It, he's also one of the most haunted dolls that we have at Spooked, so. I mean. Yes. This could be a whole episode of all the haunted dolls, which we'll have like a little sprinkle in of uh, haunted dolls here and there. But uh, I guess it's not so uncommon to put hair on a doll. No, it used to be. It used to be something you saw a lot more. Now, less so. Not not so much. I wouldn't be surprised if any doll who had human hair was haunted by the human who originally had that hair. TBH. Sure. (laughs) Anyway, this is just one of the stories. This is one of those... I don't know how true this legend is on this one. Um, the other one to me sounds more realistic. And it's the fact that Robert was a life-size doll to a five-year-old, about three, three feet high, three feet tall, 40 mm-hmm. inches, and was stuffed with wood wool known as Excelsior. This is from a different source. <laughs> and some say that he was made specifically for his owner to be his exact same size and that he was made in Germany, actually, that hmm. Robert Eugene's grandfather went to Germany in 1904 and brought back Robert the doll as a birthday gift for his grandson. Sure. And the doll was reportedly manufactured by the Stief company in Germany and was one of a kind is handmade. Mm-hmm. I personally think this is much more realistic. Yeah, and totally. the fact that they can give the name of the company, that's, I think, a little bit more on the legit side. It would be interesting to contact the company and and see if they're still around, if if there's anything they could do to to verify or or look at you know previous uh, yeah previous creations or if anyone commissioned it for sure. I mean, truly, I did not do that depth of research, but we can always go back and look into that at some point. In time. You know, you know how I like to do my due diligence. <laughs> I know I did not do that due diligence. I'm so sorry, but. <laughs> It's mainly because, honestly, for this topic, I just wanted to give you guys the context of all the stories, and then we could hash it out at the end. So that's a couple different contexts so far. So another source said that his face was originally painted like a jester, which I personally find hard to believe. If you've seen a picture of Robert the doll, his face doesn't look... It's like made out of material. I, I would think that if it had any kind of paint on it, It wasn't like a porcelain. It was like a material. So material would be discolored if it had paint on it at some point in time. Um, So I I feel like it probably wasn't painted, but maybe it was. Who knows? Now, he wore a sailor suit that was likely an actual outfit of Robert Eugene Otto's. Because there's a picture that I found that I can post on our Instagram of Robert Eugene Otto at age four wearing an almost identical sailor suit to what uh, Robert the doll is wearing. It's kind of cool. So apparently Robert Eugene ended up naming the doll Robert because he saw him as himself. uh, Allegedly. (laughs) Word of the day, allegedly. If you're doing a drinking game while listening to this episode, take a sip every time we say allegedly. All right. So apparently, not allegedly, (laughs) apparently, This happened after a particularly rough scolding that Robert Eugene got from his mom. 
And then he told her after the scolding that he wanted to go by his middle name, Gene, because Robert was the name of his doll. And that makes me think of what we were talking about earlier, Kim, about how you would blame your imaginary friend. Like, if he's getting scolded as Robert, it wouldn't surprise me that he would name his doll Robert to, like, Mm -hmm. deflect that blame, right? Yeah. So it could be because he saw him as himself. It could be because he was deflecting blame. Pick, Pick your poison. But he named his doll Robert. And then at that point on, he never wanted to be called Robert ever again. He was then called either Eugene or Gene. So for the sake of the story, I'm going to call him Gene moving forward. All right? Gene is the name of the kid. So after he started to be called Gene, he started to kind of turn into a bit of an eccentric, which, I mean, happens. (laughs) Right? Who doesn't? And even as a child, he had a hard time making friends. Gene and Robert were inseparable. Robert Mm -hmm. was his best friend and was literally by his side his entire upbringing. Mm -hmm. Um, Interviews with those close to the Otto family have indicated a great deal of emotional energy was placed upon the doll during Gene's entire lifetime. Okay. It is said that young Gene would shift blame when he misbehaved as a child, kind of like we were talking about, pointing to the doll and saying, I didn't do it. Robert did it. Uh, hey, maybe, maybe he did. Gene would actually talk to him as if he were another child regularly. Eh, pretty typical, I guess, right? But apparently it was less typical in this particular instance as servants and family members began noticing even more oddities surrounding Robert and Jean's relationship. Things Mm. got weirder. Now, at one time, there was a violent commotion that was heard in Jean's bedroom at night one night. And Mm -hmm. his parents went in to be like, oh, my God, what's going on? And they found Jean cowering in his bed. And Robert was sitting across from him, like either at the foot of his bed or like against the wall, close to him. Okay. Quote unquote, glaring at him, which I mean, mean, dead eyes glare all the time. (laughs) Well, I mean, I also think that it's that thing. Like we imprint our own emotions and our own interpretations Mm -hmm. of emotions on it. It's like the blank masks. Like, yeah, we put what we want to see onto it. So sure. Now, if it (laughs) stopped there, I would agree. But the room Uh had been overturned. Like the furniture in the room had been flipped and the toys were completely mutilated. And one of two things happened. Gene did it and is blaming the doll. Sure. But then why is he so scared? Because he destroyed a bunch of his toys and he realized that his parents are going to get pissed at him. That's also highly possible. I'm just saying. This, this is the Scully has come out. <laughs> Hello, Scully. Do I do I need to do I need to to like wean her back? Should I tell her to like be silent for a bit? Or no, like that's fine. We we like Scully. That's what we talk about. Debunking, right? Like here we go. Let's do this. So I mean, I'm not discounting that that something paranormal could have happened. I'm just sure. saying that is one of multiple possibilities. Sure. I will agree with you there, 100%. Now, it doesn't stop there, though. So 
Soon it wasn't just Jean talking to Robert, rather. Uh, Apparently, Robert would actually talk back to Jean. Now, the servants would often hear Gene in his bedroom having conversations with himself in two entirely different voices, which makes me think of, like, all of those possession movies (laughs) of people's voices. It makes me think of the Enfield Poltergeist recordings. I I kept thinking of, of, like, Danny Torrance being like, Hello. Yes. Red rum. Red rum. Red rum. Milk finger. Red rum. <laughs> yes. So basically that, but he was making the doll say it. Um, but he wasn't saying red rum. <laughs> Though that would have been rum. awesome. Right? Uh, I wish. I wish. Maybe we can make this happen in like some kind of animation. <laughs> nice. Let's do it. So. I mean, that's a little bit weird if you start to hear another voice talk back. I could see how if you have superstitious people inside the house, they could maybe be, like, freaking out at this point. Sure. And at first it was assumed that Gene was just responding to himself, kind of like what we were saying. Like, ah, he's just a kid. He's talking to himself. Sure. But apparently after witnessing the two conversing, quote unquote, some relatives were convinced the doll was able to produce sounds and giggles on its own based on where the noises were coming from. So they weren't coming, apparently, from Gene. They were coming from, like, the other side of the room, which mm-hmm. makes you question, is that, could Gene do that? Through your voice. So some even say that the doll even had different facial expressions and moved without being touched. Sure. <laughs> Visitors to the home would swear that Uh Robert the doll moved around the house unaided, and the neighbors insisted that Robert would watch them from the windows when the family was out. Totally. I believe all this. (laughs) Now, the other thing to think about here was that apparently they couldn't keep servants working for them. Now, yeah, how, how well did they pay these servants? That's one thing. Apparently, there's a couple different options, though, right? Like, if they couldn't keep them it very well could have been because maybe they were really treated terribly and they were like nah i'm not gonna hang around and be treated terribly i i I gotta get out of here and quit and leave or maybe it's because of that creepy ass doll like it could be both it could be one or the other it could be that they're not getting paid enough there are lots of factors that could make their lots of factors their servants be like yeah no peace out But, of course, the family blamed the high turn on the doll, right? Because, I mean, generally speaking, accepting responsibility for being horrible doesn't really come easily to most. So, not to be expected. Now, Gene ended up making a play space for him and Robert in the attic, which I'm like, let's choose a creepier spot to go to. Why not? Um, Some say it was because that's just where Gene played with him. And others say it was for a more sinister reason. Some claim that Robert was banished to the attic for freaking the fuck out of the family and the servants. And that the aunt who put him in there died of a stroke the next night. And once again, how old is this aunt? Asking for a friend. uh, A friend. I literally wrote in my notes. (laughs) I could not verify this anywhere. Ooh. Well, there you go. <laughs> so I can't give you an age because I can't verify it. Because you can't verify it. Nope. Um, so I love how I'm predicting 
what your friend wanted to know before you even asked. It's like I knew what my was friend, coming. My friend's a real bitch. <laughs> now, despite the banishment, apparently the family heard sounds of footsteps and laughter coming from the attic when no one but Robert the doll was in the attic. Okay, that's weird. To me, I'm like, how, where is this noise coming from? That's a whole different situation. Like, now you're removing. Inside the house. Yeah, dude, that's like, I would think that's a haunting first before anything. So, like, there's nothing in here about. Wait, you're, no, I want to revisit this for a second. So, if you move into a house and you hear (gasps) strange noises, you immediately think ghost and not rats. Props to you. (laughs) Well, but that's why I'm Mulder. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I think, no, like to your point, yes, I always will think it's like a trash panda before anything else. But um, if you know that there's no animals up there. Right. No, no, no. That's yes. That's fair. (laughs) Once again, my friend's a dick. (laughs) But if you know there's no animals up there, you know there's no kids. Yeah, I'm going to be like, all right, I don't know, we're haunted. (laughs) Um, And I might be like, all right, I'm going to go talk to whoever's up there and be like, yo, dude, it's cool. We're cool. You good? I'm good. Let's just like not bug each other and we're good. And then just sage it and we'd be (laughs) good to go. But apparently, again, blame goes straight to Robert. Robert did it. It's Robert. Sure. (laughs) I just think it's really funny that there's no talk of like, a actual haunting or like someone who could have like died in that space or on that premises and could have potentially, I don't know, possessed the doll, <laughs> but <laughs> that it's more of a curse than a, like a haunting. Cause those are two very different things. It's not the same. No, it's, it's not one. And I mean, and, and I might be jumping the gun on some of your research. So apologies for like throwing this out here but like has anyone investigated the house proper not to my knowledge now here's the thing though but we're gonna we're hold that thought okay hold that thought because i have i have an idea you have Um, an idea i have ideas uh but let's talk about adulting shall we okay um so that's basically you know gene's childhood So as he's growing up, Robert's around at all times. But at Uh one point, as he becomes a teenager, he leaves to go study art in New York and in Paris. Uh Sure. He left Robert at home uh, and he remained locked in the attic of the Otto family home. And Gene, the eccentric, went on to become a pretty prominent artist. And he actually designed the gallery at the Fort East Martello Museum. Uh And he had plans to make his own home, a museum complete with a wax imprint of, quote, the artist's hands as a focal point. Because your hands are the most important thing that creates art. I mean, eccentric. All right, sure. (laughs) Artist. Um, I love how I'm saying that and, like, both of us are, like, artist types. So, like, I'm (laughs) shit-talking us. (laughs) Yeah, but there's, again, there's a level of pretension that you can pass into. Absolutely. (laughs) I feel like if you're an artist without being pretentious, you're not an artist, right? I mean, there's pretentious and there's pretentious. True, true. You're not wrong there. Now, Otto ends up marrying Annette Parker in Paris. 
on May 3rd, 1930. Uh-huh. So he's in his early 20s, marries her. The couple returned to the Otto family home in Key West, and little does Annette know who is waiting for her at this house. Mm-hmm. So it's, it wasn't long before Jean found Robert in the attic, and they were reunited, and it felt so good. So reunited, and it feels so good. Except for Annette. She didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Now, Annette and I would have that in common. We would all be on the same page, so I'm glad we're, we're there together. Uh, now, adult Jean apparently uh-huh. was constantly accompanied by Robert anywhere he went mm. at this point. So think about it. You're like in your mid-20s, maybe like upper 20s, almost 30, or uh-huh. in your 30s, whatever, like mid-20s to mid-30s. Let's say like that sure. chunk of time. And you're walking around as a man, as you an eccentric artist, with mm-hmm. a three-foot-tall doll, creepy-ass doll, just walking sure. around everywhere. That's not weird. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, apparently Annette hated the doll. So she disliked him. She didn't want to have anything to do with him. And apparently she was so over Jean's obsession with the doll that she ended up exiling Robert. Once again, to the attic, which apparently was not a decision that Robert liked very much. Because allegedly, take a drink, Robert Uh, uh, uh. voiced his distaste to Jean. And Jean told Annette that Robert demanded a room with a view of the street. So very demanding of Robert. What's he doing to contribute to the rent? Right. So, of course, Gene ends up sacrificing his own studio, which was the turret room, for his spooky weirdo doll friend. Now, apparently he'd spend hours locked away in that room painting and talking to the doll. So it sounds like a personal problem. I mean, rumors soon spread, uh, as they would in this situation, uh, around the neighborhood. So, of course, kids are going to walk past the house and, like, make up stories and start looking at it. I mean, like, ooh, spooky house, spooky doll, right? So these children in the neighborhood start to go past the house on their way to school, and they were so scared. They'd try to not look up at the turret room because apparently Robert had been seen staring malevolently back at them. And... Additionally, I know I mentioned earlier that there were some reports of him kind of moving around the house. Apparently, people saw him running from window to window mm-hmm. when the family wasn't home, which <laughs> like I'm just Jackie. like, truly, I think Robert was the inspiration for Chucky. Like, no joke. I fully feel that. And I have not really, like, looked into that at all. But, like, this sounds like Chucky, does it not? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But this is real life. <laughs> so... Now, on top of that, people, I mean people as they talk, said that the doll was filled with evil voodoo relics. So now they're making up like ah. that he's full of stuff, literally. Great. Like tiny animal bones, that he had a crystal heart. I want a crystal heart. I want a heart. <laughs> you want a, one that's not cold and dead? Yeah. I wonder <laughs> if a crystal one would be an improvement or not. <laughs> it might be a little heavier. Uh mm. But also they said that he was possessed by evil. So, mm, you know, happens. <laughs> him and I have that in common. <laughs> Maybe Kim is just, you know, 
Robert. <laughs> oh, did I forget to tell you that? <laughs> Damn. Damn. So this ends up being a problem for a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. But Gene is unfazed. <laughs> he had no problem with anything going on. And apparently he kept Robert his literal entire life. And he was still with Annette his entire life. Okay. So she had to put up with it as long as she put up with him. And Jean ends up dying in 1974. Annette Parker died two years later. Okay. Now, of course, they, quote unquote, they, the infamous they, say that Annette died insane because of the cursed doll, that it drove her to insanity and that's why she died, which again, not verified. Uh, whether or not this is true, when Jean died, Annette was sane enough to get the fuck out and leave Robert behind, which she did. She just left him, as one should. And it is said that Jean Otto's will actually stipulated that the house could be leased, but Robert had to stay, and he should be left in peace. Which... What? Why? Let him Robert in peace. Let him Robert in peace. So there's a couple of different uh, sources that say where the house went to next after Jean died. Mm -hmm. And I think the accurate information is that it was sold to a woman named Myrtle Reuter. Oh, that's the best name ever. But Reuter is spelled R-E-U-T-E-R, like neuter. (laughs) So Kim's favorite names. Um, So it was sold to Myrtle Reuter, I think, two years after Jean died. Uh, And she found Robert in the attic and apparently fell in love with him. As one does. Right. So Myrtle kept Robert for years and claimed that, quote, he moved around her house and on his own and was haunted. (laughs) So this is the first time we're hearing haunted. So I'm like, all right, who's possessed him? Who's haunting him? I got to know. I want to know these details. <laughs> so apparently she rented out the house, had some tenants, and the tenants heard footsteps in the attic room above them. And mm-hmm. one time a plumber heard giggling and turned to find Robert had moved across the room on his own. I'm sorry, but if I went to go work in someone's house, And I was by myself and there was a doll in the room and I heard a giggle and turned around and saw that the doll was on the other side of the room. Nope. Ew. (laughs) Hard no. I would be out of there. Is it it wrong that I would like try to start a conversation? No, but that's how it shows that we are very different people. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I'm sorry, sir. How did you get there? It's like, hey, buddy, I see that you're you're doing some movement here. Is there something you want? Can I help you find something? Uh, do you want some tea? You know, some whiskey? Like, what uh, what can I do for you, friends? I love how you're offering the doll what would make you happy. <laughs> I mean, these are these are universal things, are they not? Touche, touche, friend, touche. <laughs> so 
Now, Myrtle ended up owning the home for about 20 years, and then she ended up selling it to the current owners, who now operate it as the Artist House Bed and Breakfast. Sure. I think we should go at some point. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm good for it. The reason why I'm just saying is because I haven't seen that anybody's investigated it, and we should do it. Uh, But just a full circle to what you were saying earlier. Right, 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 right. So in 1994, Myrtle ended up donating Robert to the same museum that Gene had actually contributed his works to during his lifetime, Mm -hmm. the Fort East Martello Museum in Key West, Florida, which is super awesome. And kind of cool that Myrtle kind of respected, you know, Robert and Eugene and just the fact that she wanted to kind of respect the doll, for lack of a mm-hmm. better term. I don't know. Maybe the doll threatened her. Maybe he told her, take me to my person. This is the closest I can get. Who sure. knows? But Myrtle ends up dying a few months after this. But hey, guess who remained active? Who? Robert. Of course. <laughs> now, there's also another account. I know I mentioned, I think Myrtle's situation is the most legit. It sounds legit. Uh, and to be honest, they have the name of the actual place that was donated to and the history of the house. So I'm pretty positive that she's the owner for the longer period of time. But right. there was another source that said that there was a family who took over the auto house mm-hmm. and that they had a 10-year-old daughter. Who loved Robert, apparently. I think potentially they could have rented from Myrtle. Mm, That would make sense. Yeah, I feel like that might be the situation, but I don't know context. So that's just a guess. Now, apparently this 10-year-old girl loved Robert. Was like, oh my God, it's a doll. It's big. I need a new friend. Yeah, but apparently Robert was not so down. And uh, had a... Robert had less than affectionate intentions toward his new owner friend. So she ended up having horrific nightmares and had become convinced that the doll was trying to kill her. Because that actually, that was going to be my question. Has there, like, sure, creepy moving around. But is there any evidence? Evidence. 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 That Robert is malicious. Well, I mean, even decades after this happened, allegedly, this girl said that she's still convinced that Robert did attack her and tried to kill her. Sure. Now, this is a 10-year-old, though. So, like, 10-year-olds can elaborate and get excited about topics and maybe exaggerate them a little bit sometimes. What? You know, as kids do. So, to answer your question... Biting. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think that there is a possibility, sure. Um, it's funny because I know Lore did an episode on Robert the Doll, and they actually did a like reenactment version of it, basically. Mm-hmm. It was so creepy. Like, I don't, I really don't even love a creepy doll. Like, I don't, I'm not usually phased by it, but the way they did it, it's on Amazon. Oh my gosh, it was very creepy. But in that show, I think it shows him trying to kill Annette. I don't I didn't find anything in any of my research that that was a thing. I just found sure. that Annette didn't like him and that she tried to like burn him and then he showed up in the house again. 
And like, I didn't find anything having to do with that at all. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. So eh, maybe I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I just, I, I, I wonder sometimes with when sometimes with some of these, these types of stories, Mm -hmm. like, is it just that people are freaked out by it or are they actually malicious? Because Robert, I guess the first thing I think of when I think of Robert is something more sinister, malicious and sinister. Mm -hmm. But other than being kind of creepy, there's not been a whole lot to suggest he's kind of anything more than a, a slightly creepy doll. Well, but it gets worse. Okay, cool. It is with it. So I'm just giving you like the relationships that Robert had with the actual people who owned him mm-hmm. up until this point. Um, and by the way, apparently that family with the little girl, it's mm-hmm. in this account, it said that they were the ones to donate him to the Fort East Martello Museum. There's oh, no okay. verification to that. I still think it was Myrtle. Sure. Um now, shortly after receiving the donation, the museum started to report various anomalies mm-hmm. seemingly tied to Robert. Okay. So this is where it starts to shift. Now, there's a guy. He was a reporter for mm-hmm. Solaris Hill. Okay. And his name is Malcolm Ross. I'm going to refer to him as Ross, not our friend Ross, but this guy's last <laughs> name is Ross. He visited Robert at the museum. And said, quote, it was like a metal bar running down my back. At first, when we walked through the door, the look on his face was like a little boy being punished. It was as if he was asking himself, who are these people in my room and what are they going to do to me? Sure. Okay, sure. Now, Ross's friends told him Robert's backstory. He didn't know about it. And so mm-hmm. he, he's learning about it now. and. He pointed out the children's furniture. There was children's furniture around, right? Mm -hmm. It was at this point that Malcolm noticed a change in the doll's expression. If he was as if he was following their conversation. (laughs) So he noticed when he walked in, the doll looked concerned. I don't know how a doll looks concerned, but apparently this doll looked concerned. And one of the men made a comment about what an old fool Gene Otto was. And Robert all of a sudden looked pissed and angry. And Ross then said, quote, there was some kind of intelligence there. Mm-hmm. The doll was listening to us. I'm eye rolling really, really hard right now. Do you see my eyes rolling back in my head? I, mm. Well, I mean, again, like we are very good at putting our own feelings and emotions onto inanimate objects yes it's not to discount anyone's personal experiences however we see what we want to see correct and you know not to discredit this guy thinking he saw that but sure maybe he did but also maybe he thought he saw it because that's what was in his own head and not that's what actually happened who knows? We don't know. For him, I think I think for him it was very real. Sure. But this is why someone's own feelings on something is not evidence. 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 Now, there's museum staff. So the people mm-hmm. that work there all the time. I would trust them a little bit more than I would trust a reporter that walked in and saw something once, right? And sure. I think that sure. this is a good example of when we investigate places or, you know, go to a place once, 
you hope you're going to get some kind of hit somewhere, but like the chances of having evidence, evidence, evidence are very low. <laughs> and it's, it's like when we joke about uh, ghost shows and how they always have so much evidence in every single episode. And it's like, cool. So how real is that? It's mostly just for entertainment purposes. It's probably not accurate. I think that's a really good example of this situation too. So let's go from the perspective of the museum staff who's there all the time. They noticed a shift of energies. It just felt different at the museum, which I can understand. I've walked into places and felt things many a time. Yeah, definitely. So though Robert was not initially on display, he was just stored there for a while. Mm-hmm. He started to receive visitors because word spread and, you know, mm-hmm. the people in the neighborhood were chatting about it. So he ended up being put on exhibit and cameras and electronic devices that people came in to use to take pictures and take video of him started to not work. They would malfunction or like mm-hmm. you just would have all these technical difficulties. Mm-hmm. and. All of a sudden, letters began arriving addressed to Robert offering apologies for disrespectful behavior or asking for forgiveness. Wait, what? So something must have happened when they tried to take pictures of Robert. And this is where things start to get weird. That today, Robert receives thousands of visitors every year. A lot of them you know, make international trips, sure, just to view him. But apparently, if you come and visit Robert and you say something negative to him, you (laughs) mock him, or uh, you just say something he doesn't like, you take a picture without asking for permission, you take video without asking for permission, something not so good will happen to you. For example, all these letters of apology started pouring into this museum, apologizing Mm -hmm. directly to Robert, because apparently he's cursed and cursing people who piss him off, which I just think is like, I want to high five him for like, yeah, hell yeah, put people in their place. Um, Maybe don't kill anybody, but you know, (laughs) so... Now, I'm going to give you an example of a letter. One of the letters arrived with a sticky note attached to it with a request. Mm-hmm. And the sticky note said, please post this where Robert the doll will see it. <laughs> so this is what the letter said. I didn't ask for your permission to take your picture, and I openly mocked you. Like I said, I was just trying to be funny and impress the people I was visiting. I in no way actually meant what I said. I realize now I made a big mistake. The letter goes on to describe a series of events that shortly followed a visit with Robert, including multiple health issues, family members and pets that passed away, financial difficulties, and bankruptcy. That's a lot to happen to one person. Seriously. Like, I can completely understand why someone might think that before seeing this doll, everything was fine. And then you see this doll and you're a dick. Mm-hmm. And then all this stuff happens to you. I don't blame him for thinking it was having something to do with the doll, but also life kind of just sucks sometimes. <laughs> like, I hate to, like, play devil's advocate on that. Right, yeah, no. But also, if that was just, like, a one-time occurrence... That would be one thing. 
Mm-hmm. It was not a one-time occurrence. This happened frequently. So another letter begs for forgiveness after similarly snapping pictures without Robert's permission, which the writer felt contributed to a kitchen fire, a near car accident, and childlike giggling coming from the family's basement. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I just gave myself chills reading that. All right. So this is that letter. Quote, last night I was home all alone. I heard a voice coming from the basement. When I went to investigate, I tripped and fell down the bottom three stairs. I think that's just clumsiness. (laughs) I got up to run out, but the door was locked. My husband said that I probably turned the lock myself without even thinking about it and locked myself in the basement. But honestly, Robert, we both know the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Please accept my deepest apology for taking your picture without asking. I feel like this is letters to Santa Claus almost like I was naughty. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He runs around giggling in a childish manner and acts super creepy. I just would love to be a fly on the wall in that situation. (laughs) Like, oh, I mean, you know. (laughs) my favorite but honestly robert we both know the truth like that line (laughs) that is fantastic gold right i knew you'd like that one absolute gold so whether it's a case of mass hysteria which happens odd coincidences or simply intrigued fans who want to prolong robert's legacy it's always something different every day, and they still get letters to this day That's of people amazing. that have visited and had crazy stuff happen to them after doing something rude to Robert. Amazing. And Robert apparently went on tour, which I think is great. Um, he's been a bit of a pop culture icon, too. Ooh. So Robert was uh, exhibited at TapsCon which was a convention hosted by the Atlantic Paranormal Society in Clearwater, Florida in May 2008. And that was the first time that he left Key West, Florida ever. Mm -hmm. And at that point, he was 104 years old. So that doll's probably like falling apart. That's He's like probably not in the best of conditions. So first time he left is his little exhibit. And then in October 2015, the doll was taken to Las Vegas. To visit oh. your favorite person, <sighs> Zach Bagans, uh-huh. for Haunted Museum, for his Haunted uh-huh. Museum. And actually, there's a bunch of different dates where he's been involved in something having to do with ghost adventures. But I distinctly uh-huh. remember watching something. Maybe it was from 2017, and I just watched it way late. It's highly possible. But it shows Zach Bagans literally having... Robert sit on his lap. And if you don't know, I mean, I love when people that I find annoying have some kind of irrational fear and then be terrified. And he is absolutely scared of dolls. Like that's the one thing that freaks out Zach Bagans are dolls. I I shouldn't get the level of joy from knowing that, that I do, but I really do. And that's why I wanted to tell you about it. Cause I really think you should watch it. <laughs> Cause I think you would think it's just funny. Um, <laughs> and so it's a combination of, of him being super freaked out, but he's got this like 
insanely haunted doll that causes all of this chaos in people's lives. But also, it's three feet tall and sitting on his lap, and he's freaked out by dolls in general. Like, I love it. Just chef's kiss moment, you yeah. know? No, it's beautiful. That's beautiful. It was glorious. Uh, so if you haven't watched it, you should. Now, also, there's been a couple of movies based on him. I know we mentioned Chucky. I don't think, I don't know there's, if there's any kind of verification of that at all. Um, but I will tell you that. I mean, the, the movie's definitely not based on him. No, could be inspired by. I, I wouldn't even go that, that far. I mean, like, it's about a guy that puts his, a serial killer who puts his consciousness into a mass-produced doll in a toy store because he's being pursued by cops, so. Not That's the same That's a stretch at all. for me. Yeah. <laughs> Not the same at all. I just meant from, like, the running around bit of it. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? But that get, that's not it, that's not a new horror trope. Like no. there's been plenty. Like Trilogy of Terror did it. Like there's lots of yeah. Anyway, sorry. And there's been a bunch of movies just based on Robert. There was actually a film called Robert. Uh, it came out in 2015, and there's been four sequels since 2015 on this. So the four sequels that have followed are called The Curse of Robert the Doll that came out in 2016. <laughs> really mm-hmm. unique name, guys. Totally. Uh, yep. The Toy Maker in 2017, and then The Revenge of Robert the Doll in 2018, <laughs> and then Robert Reborn in 2019. <laughs> so, Kim, uh-huh. I'm giving yeah. you homework. You have to watch uh-huh. all the Robert the Doll movies, and then we'll talk about it on the next Creepy Critics Corner. Can I, I'm going to save them for my hundred days of horror. That's fine. Because then I at least am getting something else out of it and not just <laughs> regretting my life choices. Just put an asterisk next to it so that way we know to talk about it on <laughs> Creepy Critics Corner whenever if, we record that. <laughs> if I add it to my mass list of, of horror movies I need to watch, they'll eventually get watched. Fair. We'll add it. <laughs> so apparently there's also a uh, doll and replica doll sold at a gift shop at the Martello Museum. And I'm looking this up right now because I want one. It appeared in the second season of one of my favorite shows, Ozzy and Jack's World Detour. I love watching Jack and Ozzy together. They're very funny. They just troll each other all the time and they do a Are lot we, of supernatural like stuff. Yeah. And Jack Osborne, his son. There's a stuffed Robert. I mean, truly... You can oh find whatever goodness. you want about Gabby, Robert the doll. There's like, there's a Robert the doll face mask. <laughs> Wait, like a, Which, fa- like a COVID face mask? No, no. Like, this is the most fucked up thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I'm so glad that I've inspired this research. <laughs> oh my God. Goodness, what the ever Oh, that is that fuck. is a COVID mask. Oh my gosh, can I read it? Oh, it's a it's a COVID mask? Yeah. It literally oh, says it... Robert wants everyone to know that he is not responsible for COVID, but that he wants everyone to mask up to protect themselves <gasps> and others. The quicker this is over with, the quicker his visitors can return in full Robert force. <laughs> okay, the way I was looking at it, it was a lot more fucked up. Um, but you know what I want for my birthday? Oh my god, I want that koozie. I want the stuffy. But the koozie, it says in this creepy letters, Robert did it on the back. (laughs) I really want that koozie. (laughs) Oh, they have a t-shirt that says Robert did it. All right, guys, here's the deal. This is for the museum 
uh, of Key West Art and Historical Society if you want to check out all of the Robert merch. Um, 100% guaranteed to freak out any of your friends or just people you encounter in life. Uh, and then you can tell them the fun story about Robert. But wait. And it's a, but it supports a museum. It does support a museum. But There's a snow globe. Oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> All right, this is where we have to pump the brakes about all the information I just gave you and say, let's scully this shit. Uh, how yeah, much of this story? <laughs> I mean, we've been doing it, truly. Let's talk about what we think could be real and what's probably not. Like, how much of this story is actually real? Because could it be that, you know, it's an affluent white family that chose to blame behavior on a black servant like that's crazy it's it's not unheard of it sucks and i don't like it and so sure. like that was something that i really disliked about this story and i feel like it's highly possible that that was a case but also what if it was just society that came up with that fucked up story and that his grandpa just gave him this doll like it really could have been either or mm-hmm. what do you think kim yeah, no, I mean, I think it's always mighty convenient when when you're you're choosing. We we found this with some of the times when we've looked at some of the ghost stories for some of the plantations and, and, yeah. and the what. <laughs> it's awful. It's not okay. So fun fact, I have not found anything on the interwebs about this Bahamian servant that apparently gave him this doll. Like there is, if she existed, no one told her story. Um, so we don't know the perspective of that. And, you know, she could have been an actual servant. Maybe she gave, you know, this doll to Eugene as a gift because she liked him. And it maybe she did have a child that she lost and she really enjoyed this kid and wanted to give him a birthday present, too. Like, you don't know context. We don't know context of anything. And none of that has even been told. So. I mean, the, also the naming of the doll being Robert. Robert Eugene's dad was named Robert. So there's just a bunch of freaking Roberts hanging out. So <laughs> he could have named the doll after his dad. Like that sure. was a whole yeah. thing that could have happened too. I don't even think the naming has anything to do with anything. Truly. I yeah. think it's just a kid naming a doll and that we're sure. analyzing something that doesn't need to be analyzed. But what I notice that makes me think Winchester mystery house mm-hmm is how this museum has capitalized on all that merch that we just looked at. Oh, yeah. And on just, you know, advertising Robert the Doll as something that they can make money off of. Totally. It's like Disneyland, right? Uh, Well, I mean, it's... (laughs) We do it at Spooked. Sure. We have haunted merchandise. Sure. I mean, it's, it's a way to draw people in. It's a way to make money. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes... I mean, truly, I, I believe spooked more than like other places that would say that they have haunted things. It's just because I know context. But also, if we're talking about this haunted doll, when is it cursed? Is it haunted? We don't know the context of any of that. So is it actually cursed? Is it just legends and lore? You know, was something put on this doll did all of the 
you know, teen angst or child angst of Eugene get projected onto a inanimate object and bring it to life? I don't know. But uh, all you can do is make sure that when you go visit Robert, you are kind and you ask for permission to take a picture. Mm-hmm. Respect Robert and he will respect you. Yeah, don't, don't. You know, be a don't be a jerk, and he don't won't be, be a guy. jerk. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. And that's Robert the doll, y'all. <laughs> but there's other dolls. Kim. Yeah. You have a doll. I do. She's haunted. She is. What's her deal? Uh, I have a haunted doll. Her name is Millie. She came to me a couple years ago. Um, a friend of mine from back east. Uh. It was when her grandmother died and she inherited some of her grandmother's stuff and um, including this doll and uh, some weird stuff started to happen. So it was freaking her out enough that she contacted me and asked if I wanted her. And I was Ooh. like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> well, I mean, I figured, too, I was like, well, if if she's if she's acting out in a way that I find genuinely unsettling, um, I'll take her to Spooked. Sure. And add her to our, we have a whole haunted doll collection there. So, um, but no, she's, she's pretty chill. Like she does, she does do some stuff. Uh, she'll knock things off the shelf. Like I've, I've watched things actually fly off the shelf before. That's so cool. Um, we went through a stretch where she was turning the, well, I say she, where the TV was turning on at somewhere between three and four in the morning. I remember consistently. that. Yeah, and it was happening because then the volume was being turned up. So it wasn't just because I have a, a television in my living room and I have a television in my bedroom. And I was waking up because the sound of it was slowly getting louder. And the first thing I always do when that happens is I look to see where my cat is because, you know, I think, all right, the cat sat on the remote. She turned it on and, you know, hit the volume button. No, the cat was next to me in bed each time. Dang. And so I, I got up and, and turned the TV off. And um, there was a, a, it was her first winter here. Uh, I have baseboard heating. And I don't use the baseboard heating in my living room because I have a, a cat condo that kind of kitty corners it. And it's a little too close, so it's not safe. Mm -hmm. I have an electric fireplace I use instead. And I never turn it on, ever. I never touch it. It's a knob on the, the base, and I never touch it. And I was coming home and the red light was on, which told me it was on. <laughs> and it's not something you don't just bump it no. and turn it on. And it's not like the cat has opposable thumbs. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I, I, I had some words with her. I, I've had to have words with her a handful of times. We're just like, this is not safe. This is, this is unsafe to have this happening. And so if this continues, I'm going to have to take you to spooked because I don't want you to burn my apartment down. Right. And it usually stops after that. I think sometimes she gets bored. Um, I leave, I try to leave uh, paper and pencils or markers by her because I think she likes that. And I talk to her. I mean, that's what you say, like adults talking to dolls. Like, I talk to her. Same way I talk to the cat, you know. Um, and then, yeah, she's pretty chill for the most part. <laughs> I was going to say you talk to her just like you talk to the cat. So it's like you just have two cats. I, I mean, it kind of is. Like, sometimes the cat stares at her. I notice she moves sometimes. I, I 
I've gotten a little out of the habit because of COVID, but there was a stretch of time where I was taking pictures of her every day because I was noticing, well, you know, when you look at something and you're like, did, did that move or is that my imagination? Was she in a different position before? And I live by myself. I have a cat. Cat can't make it up to that shelf. She doesn't jump up there. So she's never up on that shelf. So I started taking pictures and there was some times where, yeah, her position moved. She was in a different position when I left, then the next day she's in a different position and, and it's, again, there's no one else here. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, she's mostly pretty chill. Um, I've never noticed anything particularly malicious. And that's Millie. We can put a picture of her on our uh, social yes. media if you want. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to share Millie and her uh, stories with the world. She's pretty popular with some of my students. Um, who here I have a haunted doll. And so they'll, they'll demand that, uh, well, during, during COVID, uh, I would just show her, like I'd bring her off of her shelf, but I, I, she'll travel with me sometimes. I'll bring her to a, uh, when I was, I was directing a show in North Seattle at a elementary school and the kids got really invested in Millie, the haunted doll. So they did a good job. So I brought the doll in to share with them and like, can we touch her? I'm like, well, you know, she's a 70 year old doll. So be careful with her, but yeah. Sure. I think again, I, I think she enjoys it. I think she kind of enjoys the attention. I think she enjoys when I talk about her. Um <laughs> I love it. I feel like we should go have a picnic at Green Lake and bring her. <laughs> Carefully though, she is still a 70-year-old That's doll. That's true. She's an old lady. <laughs> She's an old lady, and I try to treat her fairly delicately. I I uh, she she she's lived a life, but uh yeah, no, she uh and you can argue with me whether or not she's actually haunted. Again, I've experienced enough weird stuff with her where something's going on. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. No. She's staring at me right now, in fact. Millie. Millie. She knows we're talking about her. She does. She appreciates it. She likes the shout outs. Hashtag Millie. Hashtag Millie the doll. And this brings us to... Kim, what you watching? Uh, I've been watching a couple of new shows. So the first one I've been watching is uh, HBO's Mayor of East Town. Ooh, is it good? It's really good. Uh, it's only the, there's only been two episodes. Uh, there'll be three episodes by the time this episode airs. New episodes on Sunday. Um, great cast. I mean, you've got Kate Winslet. You've got Guy Pierce. Oh, I love Kate Winslet. Even Evan Peters, he's he's oh, very him. solid. Um, but uh, it's it's slow burn. I love a good slow burn. Um, you're following this kind of small town detective who's investigating a, a murder, and there's in the background uh, a disappearance of another teenage girl a year prior, and uh, so you're you're just kind of trying to figure out both what's going on with her mm-hmm. and what happens. Um, and so far I am, I'm, I'm really enjoying, I mean, Kate Winslet can kind of do no wrong in my eyes when it comes to acting. I think she's just utterly fabulous. She also yep. nailing that like Pennsylvanian accent is real hard and she does it. It is. I think she's probably the most convincing I've ever heard. Nice. Uh, that and sounds I've really also, 
yeah, it's I, I really recommend it. I, I've also started watching a show. Um, I, I make no secret. I am an unapologetic fan of the network Freeform. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love Freeform shows. I've watched a lot of shows on Freeform and really enjoyed them. They have a show that just started. Uh, it's three episodes in. It's called Cruel Summer. Hmm. And it's really, really intriguing because the very first episode, you're looking at basically three days over the course of three years. So it's 1993, 1994, and 1995. And you're looking at this day each year. And it switches back and forth. And you're able to kind of tell hairstyles change and even the the color tone changes, but each episode takes place from a different person's perspective. Ooh, I love that. Over a couple days over these three years. And, um, it's really, really interesting. And there's a mystery to it, but just when you think you sort of know what the mystery is, it, hits you with oh no nope that's actually what's going on oh thought thought i knew it was happening nope never mind um dang so yeah uh i'm really digging it so far and again the third episode just aired um but uh check it out it's it's really intriguing and and a very fun format and i appreciate anyone who kind of plays around with format and succeeds so i agree i actually that's what got me intrigued when you were telling me about it i love yeah i love when people do that that sounds awesome so that's uh that's some of what i've been watching and then the the last drive-in with joe bob briggs is in season three so uh that's they've been playing some fun and messed up movies and you know how i love that so right up your alley right up my alley get shutter check out the last drive-in with joe bob briggs nice Nice, nice, nice. And and what have you been watching, Gabby? <laughs> um, I have not been watching a lot of anything, truly. I've been very busy. Um, but I got really excited when Crimson Peak was on Netflix. So they just That's recently so put it on Netflix. So now I don't have to pay for it anymore. Yay. Uh, I love Crimson Peak. That's one of my all-time favorite movies. Um I'm I a feel big like Guillermo del Toro fan. Yeah, I love Guillermo del Toro. I think I'm, I more love it for the aesthetic, and the mm, just. Yeah. It's very visually pleasing to me, mm-hmm. um, and just a true great Victorian Gothic romance. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know how Netflix suggests stuff to you after you watch something. <laughs> yes, they made yes, a terrible yes. suggestion for me, but I watched it. Uh, I watched Horns. Mm-hmm. Daniel Radcliffe. Yep, Daniel Radcliffe. There's a handful of people on that. um, Yeah, is it like, isn't Heather Graham in it? Yeah, Heather Graham is in it, and she plays like the stereotypical waitress who's hot. Like, I haven't, I I watched it back when it first came out, so. Yeah, honestly, I was very disappointed by it. (laughs) I I also knew nothing going into it. I was going to say, it's, it's very Joe Hill. Yeah. And I'm not Uh, familiar with any of his stuff at all. I just watched it because it was recommended to me and I was like, why not? Um, (laughs) but yeah. Wow. All right. Um, love when I get to see someone's head blown off, but, uh, not my personal favorite. So, although I mean, creatively it's interesting for sure. 
Yeah, I, I, and again, bear with me. I watched it probably back in 2014 or 2015, but I really enjoyed it. But I also am familiar with the the novel it's based on, and I knew a bit about it going into it, uh, and knew kind of what to expect. Yeah, no, I had no idea what I was walking into. <laughs> It's uh, it's 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 interesting. It's an interesting. It's something different. If Definitely. you're looking for something different, it's it's uh, comedy horror. Uh, yeah. It's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. It's not one I universally recommend. But I think genre fans of a certain type will enjoy it. Yeah. But yeah, it is not for everybody. No. And you know, I didn't even realize it until I started watching it that it takes place in the Pacific Northwest, or it's supposed to take place in the it's Pacific Northwest. Yeah, it's supposed yeah. to, like, mention Tacoma and Seattle, but it's actually filmed. I looked it up in uh, Vancouver in BC. Yeah, yeah um, that's, that's pretty typical. And I just thought it was really funny because seeing Daniel Radcliffe play a Seattleite is funny to me. Um, <laughs> but With horns. With horns, yes. Uh, other than that, I've been watching Arrested Development as my mm. show of comedy choice recently mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just to you know turn the brain off and watch something funny sure um but yeah no i haven't i bought a bunch of books with you that's true we did buy a lot <laughs> so of books. we have a lot of books to read on our uh, lineup of uh topics and fun horror stuff and true crime so stay tuned for that in the future <laughs> but uh yeah that's what i've been watching nice So thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you like our podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a little review. Give us some love. Give us some love. And don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you listen to us to so you know when we have a new episode coming out. And just a review and, you know, a rating is helpful. So anytime you can do that, it's free. Takes a couple minutes even. Makes our days. Makes our days. We also have Patreon. If you're feeling a little bit generous financially and you would love to give us a couple dollars, maybe buy us a coffee, something of that nature, uh, head on over to Patreon slash Ghoulish Tendencies podcast. And we've got some extra goodies on there for anyone who supports us there. Uh, We also have our Facebook page. It is Ghoulish Tendencies Podcast. We have our Instagram. It is Ghoulish Tendencies Podcast. We have our Twitter. It is Ghoulish Podcast. We also have our website, ghoulishtendencies.com. Just go there. All our social meds are there. And uh, all of our show notes, references, if you ever want to do a deep dive into what we did a deep dive on, that's where you can find that information. So again, thanks for listening. 